Hello, and welcome to Living Life Squirrel, a podcast about living and loving life with ADHD. My name is Robin, and I am your host. I'm a woman who was diagnosed with ADHD at 39 after living most of my adult life not knowing I had the condition. This podcast is meant to dispel the myths about ADHD based on my own experience and what it feels like for me and looks like to my family and friends. Welcome back to Living Life Squirrel. Where we left off, we were talking to my favorite grown-up person, my husband, Dan, about what it was like to live with and love somebody with ADHD. And because this is a podcast meant for people with ADHD, we wanted to ensure the episode length was short. And so we've broken it up into a few segments. So this is part two. If you haven't listened to the previous um podcast episode please go back and listen to that and then you'll know where we're picking up so welcome back thank you very much happy to be back (laughs) so so I told you about my diagnosis via text I was feeling a little bit weird about it um I had always prided myself on being smart and one of the common things I had constantly heard was you're too smart to have ADHD when I considered whether I had the condition And so I felt it was easier to tell you about the diagnosis via text. What did you think about that when I told you? Well, it's probably going to sound pretty terrible, but I don't remember the text conversation when, when you told me. And obviously it was, it was hard for you to do because you chose to text me rather than to have a, a verbal conversation about it. Um, and I obviously apologize for for not not remembering. I do know that I obviously had limited knowledge about what ADHD is or or what the diagnosis meant. I obviously knew it wasn't a, a terminal illness, so I didn't have that on, on on my mind. It was probably an embarrassing level of knowledge that I did have. Um, I think I knew about the the hyperactivity side more than more than anything, um, but I think the main point I want to I want want to stress is I knew it wasn't life threatening, and I also knew that it wasn't something that just just started like when we found out you had celiac disease. More than more than anything, probably it was um, maybe a recognition or acknowledgement that. Now we had a label for a piece of you, um, but it, it didn't change anything from, from my perspective. I still love you unconditionally, and I knew that we would, we would ultimately figure it out. I know it obviously changed a lot of things for you, um, but I, I, don't think, I didn't even think twice about it. Um, I knew I had to start educating myself so that I could you know, continue to support you and, and, and be a, and be a good husband. Um, but yeah, I, sorry, I don't, I don't remember specifically the, the text conversation. I hope I don't get any hate mail from your listeners for, for that response and for my not remembering the text, but, uh, but yeah, it was something that I knew that we would, uh, we would just deal with. I'm so glad that you had that reaction because it was hard for me to admit that I had this deficit, like it's right in the name, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and it felt like it was something that was wrong with me. And even though I was doing my master's on it at the time, it still felt like, you know, I 
I had some challenge that I couldn't, I don't want to say overcome, but that I had a challenge. I had something wrong with me and I've since learned that that's not right. Um, and that's mostly why I'm doing this podcast is to point out all the strengths of ADHD. So I'm glad that you didn't think anything of that diagnosis. You know, you use the word deficit and I've never looked at it as a, as a deficit. I think in my, in the previous episode, we were talking about when we first met and in, in, in whatnot. And I think that there was definitely some, some key markers as to what attracted me to you that were ADHD markers. So I definitely didn't see it, nor do I now see it as a deficit of, of any means. They should probably change the name. They should change the name. <laughs> I think there's a campaign on TikTok to change the name. So once you learned more about ADHD, were there any aha moments in retrospect? Yeah, that's probably a hard yes. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of pieces to our, our puzzle fell into, fell into place after, after the diagnosis. Um, you know, I look back on, you know, some of the frustration points as to you know, when you would empty the dishwasher when the dishes hadn't been washed yet, or you'd be leaving the, the laundry in the, in the washer or dryer or basket or laundry basket for, for a little while after it was, it was done or leaving the vacuum in the, in the middle of the floor. Um, obviously I don't want to get carried away on those types of, uh, of stories, but, uh, yeah, lots of aha moments once I be- started to become more educated on on ADHD and um, sort of how that how that was impacting or or affecting you in the in the way you thought and and how you how you did things um, but I think it's also important that it wasn't all negatives by any means there was lots of lots of positives about it too um, you know, I've talked about when we, when we met and, and how some of those, those pieces, uh, originally attracted me, uh, to you, but I would also say that, uh, that your drive and determination, which again, we've, we've talked about a bit, but you know, there's times when you'd be processing a situation so quickly and I was still, I was still sitting there thinking about how I could approach it through a set of, of logical steps and you were already, you're already at the outcome. <laughs> I'm still, still putting the pieces together. So you know, there's lots of positives uh, about it too. Um, definitely helps me understand your actions and, and thought processes more. Knowing about the the ADHD, it's helped me put myself in your shoes, and it's it helps me relate to to you and and see the world through your eyes, which is important for my logic brain to understand things as my ability to put myself in other people's shoes or see things from their perspective. So being educated on ADHD and, and, uh, you know, again, just being able to put myself in, in your position is, is, is huge. So I had the benefit of having academic research papers to learn more about ADHD, but what resources helped you understand me better? And then it wasn't a matter of trying harder, but of trying differently and like, what does this mean? Well, I think with, with all things, I, my resources, I started with Google. Google. Yes. You aren't supposed to do that for, for <laughs> no, health things. No. But, but obviously, that's, uh, that's where I, I started. I remember, I think it was 
very early on, if not the day um, that um, uh, you w would have told me. Um, but I, I remember going to the Wikipedia page and and printing it off. I think I still have that. You <laughs> do. It's in your drawer. <laughs> yeah, I think I still have that in my uh, in my desk. So yeah, started with Google. Um, I, I got a base level of knowledge so that I could have uh, an informed conversation with you about about it. Um, as you just noted, you were you were taking your master's at the time and specializing in this area. So I obviously wasn't looking to become more knowledgeable than you. That wasn't uh, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but I also knew that going into a conversation, guns blazing with you know just an onslaught of of questions, that wouldn't have have gone very well either. Uh, so I <laughs> I thought I should probably you know have some type of base level understanding about what what this meant. And after that, I think once we, we talked about it, uh, you know, just the, the ADHD elephant in the room, I think, turned into a mouse. Um, we were able to work together on, on what it meant for you, obviously, uh, paramount, but also for the kids, for us. Um, you know, I, I look back at when you were taking your, your master's, and, and I think that there was one, one instance where you very proudly came came to me and said hey i got 98% on on one of my uh, one of my projects and i think my immediate re response thinking i was being funny was well yeah but what about the other 2% <laughs> um, but i can see how that could have been interpreted as is me saying you know try harder so you know back to back to your question i think that's an example of uh, of me looking to you and, and, and saying try harder even though I was joking obviously but it's you know just to it, it, I think it makes the point that I know now that I, I could ask you to try harder and that's probably going to be as helpful as me telling you to to read instructions before you <laughs> either put together furniture <laughs> or operate appliances um, it's just not gonna it's not gonna happen it's not gonna help you that's why there's YouTube videos. <laughs> yes. Um, but I also learned that, you know, that I have to alter alter my approach and, and find creative or different ways to, to tackle things. Like whether it's laundry. I gave the example of laundry before. Um, you know, instead of just maybe being frustrated that it's just sitting in the laundry room, I just move the basket to the to the foot of the bed or I throw it in the middle of the hallway at the top oh. of the stairs outside the laundry room. <laughs> Most of the time I see it. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's really, you know, being able to to better understand through the the resources that uh, that I've utilized, you know, that it's helped me become more patient. I think more flexible. And at the end of the day, it's you obviously don't do things out of out of malice or or, or you don't do them intentionally. Um, it's just your your ADHD friend coming coming out to play. We both obviously recognize we've got better things to do than, than sit around all day thinking up ways to, to drive each other crazy. So, uh, you know, you weren't, um, you weren't doing that, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it started with, with Google, became uh, much more in, informed that way. I think I've most recently graduated up to, to Reddit 
um, and definitely recommend to your listeners to uh, give the ADHD subreddit a, a follow. I find it very informative to, to learn about how others are managing, dealing with, experiences with, uh, with ADHD. It's learning from others is, is, uh, is priceless. And learning from others is exactly why I wanted to start this podcast, so we could help others understand what ADHD actually looks like, and that it's not always, you know, little boys, especially being hyperactive and impulsive and, you know, loud and that sort of thing. But I am pretty impulsive, and you're more logical, and you like to have plans. So how do you think our dynamic has been beneficial for our relationship? Honestly, I think it's probably made made all the difference. Um, I I like to to say to the girls uh, probably more often that they would than they would like to like to hear that teamwork makes the dream work. And I think um, I think that comes into comes into play here uh, for this quite a bit uh, quite a bit too. Um, as I've talked about before, uh, when we're firing on all cylinders and, and in our groove, there isn't much that uh, that can stop us or, or much that we can't we can't do. Um, I also think the the yin and the yang of of your impulsiveness and in my logical approach are very complementary, and have served us very well over over the years. I agree. Um, I think if we were both impulsive, we'd probably crash and crash and burn pretty quick um there'd be lots of chaos and lots of disaster uh, but also on the other side of the coin if we were both logical we probably wouldn't accomplish uh, accomplish anything we'd spend all our time planning and <laughs> great uh, plans yeah great great plans but follow through on on very few of them We've got the we've got the right amount of impulsiveness and the right amount of logic, and I think it um, equates to the perfect amount of, of awesomeness. I think I'd also note that, you know, in, in any marriage, balance and, and complementary values and, and traits are, are, are pretty common. Um, and I guess not just marriages, but any successful relationship, for that matter. I'd, I'd probably give the example of of your recently uh, penned bucket list. Yes, I changed it from a goals list to a bucket list because goals are no fun. Yeah, but it's an exciting bucket list. It is. I'm excited about it. We're going to learn how to savor a champagne bottle. Yes, savoring champagne without cutting our hands off. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, there's your logic. There's my logic <laughs> coming out, right? Um, but yeah, lots of lots of activities, travel, all sorts of things you want to you wanna check off in the coming days, months, years. You let me add a, a few items to the list, which was great, and it has now become our list. And I know that you're going to make sure that we do everything on the list. And I am going to make sure that we plan appropriately to do everything on the, on the list. Having valid passwords? <laughs> Not going to the airport with an expired driver's license. Okay. Yeah. All, all those things we'll we'll plan appropriately but we're also going to do it all and that's going to be phenomenal and we're going to do it together and i think if we were the list existed and we were both impulsive about it we dive right in and go after the list with reckless abandon unstoppable enthusiasm it would it'd be fun until something went wrong bad happened yeah right 
Um, but at the same time, as I said, if we were both logical, we'd analyze the list to death and maybe check off a handful of items at, at, at best. Yeah. But, um, it wouldn't be very, it wouldn't be very fun. We'd, they'd all be planned out, but we wouldn't be able to, we wouldn't do many of them. But you know, like that's our approach. Even when we go to the airport with the kids right now, like my job is to keep the kids entertained, to have food and snacks and everything else for them your job is to go to the ticket counter and have our passports and everything else in place like we have a very much um divide and conquer approach to even doing those sort of things so teamwork makes the dream work (laughs) you know as i just talked about if we were both impulsive it wouldn't go well if we were both logical it wouldn't it wouldn't go well uh but by approaching the the list together your impulsiveness we're going to get it done my logical side, or it's going to make sure that it's uh, it's done responsibly. <laughs> Keep our limbs intact. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just going back to the going back to the question, your impulsiveness is critical to to the success of our relationship. If not for for you, I probably wouldn't do much of anything. Even though I, inside, I'd probably want to do everything. I wouldn't do anything. Um, so you definitely drive me and that was one of the first things that I think I said I, I noticed in you is that you would bring that out in me and you've definitely been successful in, in doing so. So thank you very much for that. And I, I would just reiterate that the best part about all of this is that we get to, we get to do it together. With limbs intact. With limbs intact. <laughs> Maybe. We haven't tried savoring champagne bottles yet. So. I mentioned we have a very much divide and conquer approach to tasks, but I join you on the boring tasks like doing taxes or grocery shopping just to keep you company. So how does this help you or is this more of a burden? (laughs) Definitely not a burden. I think I'd probably start by saying that you do much more than just keep me company on on these tasks. Um, Having you participate in in what some may refer to as mundane tasks I think not only makes them more fun to do, but also makes sure that we're we're completing them successfully. Um, and by successfully, I mean that the outcome is is one that um, is meets both of our our expectations, not just my expectations or your expectations, but both of us. And whether it's taxes, grocery shopping, banking, major household purchases, you know, they may be mundane, but as I just said, the end result impacts impacts both of us. And we definitely do make a conscious effort to do as, as many tasks as we can together. Um, and I think we've even upped our game a bit over the past over the past year or so in, in, in this respect, which has been fantastic. Um, I've gotten better at, at asking you to join me or to help, and I think that you've also gotten better at asking for, for my help too. Um, I probably use even this podcast as as an example, and while you do ninety eight percent of the of the heavy lifting for the podcast, I'm using the ninety eight percent example again. <laughs> as the honor talent, uh, yeah. Yes. Um, you do ninety eight percent of the um, of the podcast. I like to think that the the two percent I, I help out with is is pretty critical, and I definitely really enjoy being involved and and helping any way I can. Um, especially in something that you are you're so passionate about, and I know on the grocery shopping side, when I would when I would go by myself, I would rely on the on the shared grocery list that 
you and the in the girls and I uh, share through through an app, um, and I rarely would deviate from the list. You know my thought process, <laughs> right? If it isn't on the list, it, we don't need it. We definitely don't need it. If we need it, it's on the list. Put it on the list. Yeah. Right. Um, and when I would go get groceries, again, when I would when I would go by myself, you'd end up going shopping separately, because you would you wanted something that wasn't on the list. Um, and I think you're a bit of a more impulsive grocery shopper. I didn't know I wanted it until I saw it. So it wasn't on the list. Exactly. You knew there's stuff you wanted. So you went to the store and then you just bought the stuff that, that you wanted. It was, it was impulsive. And I think that that was a bit of a frustration point for me. Um, wondering why I even get groceries when, when you would go get your, go get your own anyway. You know, I think I was in my mind trying to do an active service and, and failing at it because it was while well, I did it, you would just uh, you would just go anyway. Um, but once we started taking on the task together, uh, we had our list guiding us and you would um, sprinkle in some impulsive purchases that that weren't on the list. And I think it uh, it works perfectly. Less frustrating for sure. And, and far more enjoyable to, to have you with me. And I think every marriage, every successful marriage needs to have tasks or projects that the, the couple works on together. It's fun, it keeps the couple connected, and I think it also promotes positive communication, as I've talked about previously. The, the communications tools in the, in the marriage toolbox are, are pretty critical. This next question is a hard question for me, but do you wish you would have known sooner about my having ADHD? Hmm, a good, uh, good question. I'm not certain I would have wanted to know sooner. I don't know if it would have made much of a difference for, for our relationship, to be honest. We had lots of great years before knowing, and, and I think obviously we're having lots of great years after knowing. Um, when we knew... As I've already said, since I don't remember the text, um, when we knew isn't a milestone for me, like it isn't before diagnosis and after after diagnosis. There isn't a firm line in in our in our marriage timeline that uh, about about when we about when we knew. Um, I think had I known sooner, I could have obviously learned about ADHD sooner. Um, and I could have probably been a better husband with that, with that understanding. Um, I think I talked before about since knowing I've become more patient and uh, a bit more understanding. So obviously that would have likely helped earlier on. Um, but I think regardless of, of when we found out, um, we would have navigated the waters as we, as we've needed to, as, as we have with many things in, in our lives. Um, there's surprises in, in any relationship. There's hard left turns, hard right turns. But as, as husband and wife, our, our goal is to, to work together and, and keep it between the lines. Um, if, we, if we still didn't know right now, I'd, I'd like to think that we would still be in, still be in a good place. Working, working together to make sure we were the best team we could be to support our amazing girls, um, challenge each other, meet each other's needs, do everything we need to do. Um, so not a definitive answer by, by any means, but 
I think, again, there's there's things in every relationship and you just take them as they come and, and you figure it out. And I think that's what we that's what we did and that's what we'd be doing. So I'm really glad that you said that you wouldn't necessarily have wanted to know sooner. But I know there are things that are frustrating. So what are the most frustrating traits <laughs> about my ADHD? Oh boy, this one's going to get me in trouble. I just know it. <laughs> I, you know, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't, uh, there wasn't frustrating things about, about your ADHD. You've just said there are. Um, but I'd also say that everyone has quirks that, that are frustrating. I sure do. But, um, my quirks, whether good or bad, they, they don't have a diagnosed medically approved label slapped on them. And we could obviously talk for a while probably about my frustrating traits but thankfully this <laughs> this isn't about me stay tuned for a future episode <laughs> where we talk about all of dan's frustrating traits um that's going to be lots of parts one of the most frustrating parts about your adhd is there's no specific answer to the why when when trying to figure out the reason you do some things with focus but but not others um, but I also know through the, the learning that I've done that the ADHD brain doesn't operate on a spectrum of, of what is important as much as it operates on a spectrum of, of what is most interesting. I know that if something doesn't pique your interest or spark your curiosity or provide the, the right amount of challenge or isn't shiny and new or it isn't a crisis or, or something that you're passionate about, there's a pretty good chance your your focus won't be there, and I think that that's frustrating and scary as uh, as a spouse. Because I think as a spouse, you want to be all those things. If there's there's times when the focus isn't there, then it's like, oh, am I not shiny and new anymore? <laughs> am I not challenging? Neither of us are shiny. Anymore. <laughs> um, and I think I may get frustrated about the laundry or the dishes. I do my best to try to remember that blaming or shaming isn't isn't going to help you or the situation and that ultimately I need to focus on on taking a different approach recognizing what I know about your ADHD brain and and how you operate so doing things like rewording statements um, instead of saying you stack the dishes in the dishwasher in a way they won't come clean um, I think I've tried to at least say things differently and that hey we should probably run these few dishes through the dishwasher again it looks like the dishwasher didn't do its job um yeah the why is probably the most the most frustrating and and the hardest to wrap my my head around um i think beyond that listening um which i would start by saying you've gotten so much better at at talking explaining and, and and listening um, and it's made all the all the difference. Um, but I know there's been times when I'd, I'd be talking to you about something that was important to me or something that I thought was important for us or, or, or the girls and you would easily get easily get distracted. You'd pick up your phone or, or move on to do something else or even change the subject uh, to something else before I would fully expressed what I what I wanted to say. Um, that's a, that's a tough one too. But as I said, you've gotten so much better at, at recognizing it and, and limiting the distractions around you. 
uh, when we are talking. Um, it's been extremely helpful. So, so thank you for that. And thank you. That wasn't as scary as I thought. And at the risk of, you know, changing the subject, I think, as this podcast is meant for those who have ADHD and who prefer shorter podcast episodes, we'll end this podcast now and begin again where you tell me my your favorite traits about my ADHD. So, That's the fun part. Thank you, Dan. Stay tuned for the next episode of Living Life Squirrel. Until next time, this is Robin and this is Living Life Squirrel, a podcast about how ADHD is more than a list of symptoms. If you have an idea, question, or comment, please write to me at livinglifesquirrel at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.